0: As professional pickleball players become more competitive, athletes are doing everything they can to maximize their performance. And personal fitness trainer Leslie Roberts has just the right credentials to help some of the top pros in the game. In this episode, we talk about her work with pickleball players of all levels and what we can do to prevent injury on the court. So let's get to the intro to hear from Leslie. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Leslie Roberts. How are you doing today, Leslie?
1: I'm great, Lynn. Thanks for having me on.
0: I am so glad you've joined me. And I do normally like to start off with a little bit of your journey in terms of pickleball how you got started playing it, and how long ago that was.
1: Okay, sure. So it was about two years before I actually started playing that I was in a park near my house with my dogs and I saw some people playing this game. And so I walked up to them and I was like, what is this? And they told me it's pickleball and it looked really fun. And so I asked them about getting started, and they said, Well, in this rec center over here, I think there's some beginner classes. So I go to the rec center and I ask them about it. And she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, we're taking a break. And so at the time, I probably had other sports stuff going on. I was a competitive volleyball player for a long time, and I was also spitting a lot. So I probably just forget about it, right? And it took me two years until the pandemic started. And I saw our local sport and social club was starting a league for pickleball. And that's when I signed up.
0: So then you felt well, you found pickleball again because of the pandemic, I would imagine, because you couldn't go to the gym or anything like that,
1: right? Yeah. So the gym is shut down. At the time when the pandemic first, we were all in lockdown. At first I wasn't meeting up with anyone, but then I started having a friend or two come over to the house and we would do daily workouts, but I definitely was, I'm an extrovert. So I was looking for an outlet and something that felt safe to do. And so this was perfect. I signed up for the sport and social club league and my league was kind of a pickup situation where whoever else signed up in that league spot, you just had uh, varying partners for that week. It could be anyone who also signed up in the league.
0: Now, in terms of what we've already talked about just in the last couple minutes, you've got quite an athletic background besides being a fitness trainer. But first, before we go into the fitness training, I want to hear a little bit about your athletic background, because if I remember correctly, you have played a sport professionally.
1: Yes. So in my twenties, I played professional women's football. I was recruited to play in the IWFL, which is full contact. And I traveled the country playing football and that's my only professional experience. But growing up, I grew up in a really small town where you played everything. I played everything. Otherwise we wouldn't have had a team. So I was a softball pitcher for about 15 years from age five to 20. And of course, I played football all through growing up and in addition to volleyball and track.
0: Given your athletic background, it's not surprising that you you became a fitness trainer at one point. How was it that got started?
1: Okay, so I was about 21, and I was working at an art gallery in Kansas City, and I had a guy I had befriended who was a manager of a small little gym in this area I was working in, and so I would work out with him sometimes, and he is pretty much the one that I would say planted the seed for me, where he was like, I feel like you could do this. You could be a personal trainer. And then what happened is not long after that, I was still at the art gallery and I had a customer come in and he really liked me from a professional standpoint. He wanted me to come work for him. And he even called me after he had left and bought a bunch of art for his office. He was like, Hey, I would really like for you to consider this. And he sold Individual health insurance. And so I thought about what that would mean for me from a financial perspective. And of course, I'm still really young at the time. I'm thinking, wow, this could be a really good job, early retirement. (laughs) So I went to work for him. And it didn't take long before I just realized it was not a good role for me. But it was also really difficult to see people who were really sick, they couldn't get health insurance. If they could, it was crazy expensive. And that is also a catalyst for me moving over into fitness, where I just thought I want to be on the preventive side of this. So one day I just walked into a local gym in Kansas City and I asked for a job, and the fitness director gave me one.
0: Wow, that is quite a change from art gallery to health insurance to going in there and starting training. Now, once you became a fitness trainer, it looks like you actually got quite a few certifications and you've got some really in-depth training, I think, at this point, quite a few years later.
1: Yeah. So at this point, I've been training for over 21 years. I was a baby when I started and I didn't know a thing. And I actually like the route I took because I really did start from the ground floor where If it hadn't been a good fit for me, I don't think I would have continued down that path. So I did get certified with a very basic certification at first. And then I was at that gym for almost two years. And then I went out on my own. And from there, that's when I really started to educate myself. I actually worked in depth with some physical therapists in my area I ended up going to massage school here in Austin about 10 years ago. So I completed a 500-hour course for massage therapy so that I could be a better personal trainer for my clients. I became a corrective exercise specialist. I mean, the list goes on and on of just it, a lot of education from the aspect of what the thing that I was always looking at from kind of the get-go was how can I help this person solve their problems? And in Kansas City, it's interesting because the clientele is a little older there. So I had a lot of clients early on with a lot of orthopedic dysfunction, postural dysfunction. I had people with a lot of issues that needed extra care and I wanted to be able to fulfill those needs for people. So it dictated that I be a better trainer.
0: And the reason why we ended up getting connected is because you have now been doing some training for some of the top pros in the game of pickleball. Can you tell me a little bit about how that got started?
1: Yeah, so I was starting to play myself. I was wanting to get better and take lessons. Once I decided that my height wasn't necessarily going to be a hard and fast obstacle to my growth in the game. I started taking lessons and Zane Navratil was hosting a clinic in Austin where I live. And I signed up for that. And part of that clinic was you got to play with Zane. So we were playing together and I saw a little something in his movement and just the way he was folding his body. And I said, Hey, do you have a little something going on? He's like, yeah, I've been seeing somebody for it. And I'm like, Oh, well I could help you with that. And so uh, he was interested. So we just continued on the conversation and that was May of 2021. And that's, we started working together from there. And then after that, have trained some other pros since then, much to Zane's credit, he he does help with referrals and stuff. But I also work with Brandon Insect Pong. I've worked with Grant Bond. I've worked with some other athletes on the tour as well.
0: I just want to take a second and break in here and thank Club Pickleball for sponsoring this episode. When I first saw Club Pickleball's paddle selection, I thought, wow. These are some of the best designs I have ever seen. The color and the patterns are amazing. And the edge guard even coordinates with the graphite paddle face. What's better is you can create your own custom paddle designs. So go to playpickleball.club and get 20% off everything through the end of July. Plus, you can use promo code PICKLEBALLFIRE10 for an additional 10% off. And then I think I... Remember that you also might have helped out some of the Crow Pickleball players when they were participating in Major League Pickleball?
1: Yes. I may have gotten a call or two to help with some acute issues that were going on when they were playing all day long in that first Major League Pickleball tournament and forged some fun relationships from that. But yes. So luckily, they now have a physical therapist and athletic trainers on site. But I was called in a pinch at one point.
0: <laughs> in working with Zane now, he does not live in the Austin area unless he's moved there, and I didn't know about it. So, how is it that you're able to connect with him to work on the training?
1: So, one interesting aspect of COVID is I had never done any virtual training before, but when we went into lockdown, in order to service clients who had a lot of stress going on, we went virtual. And that has been a skill that I've developed. And so when Zane came along, I felt really comfortable working with him virtually and it has worked out. And I'm so excited to say, we, we actually just did our last virtual session today he gets in a moving van in a few days and he going to reside here in Austin we're so excited that we actually get to work out in person but, but yeah i've actually helped some other pro players who do not live here as well which to retract just a little bit i had an interesting case during covid where for the first time ever most of the the pandemic situation was My clients I'd already had for a long time were just moving into their homes. But sometimes I'd been to that person's home. I knew where landmarks were in their house, or I knew what kind of equipment they had. I knew the options that they had to work with. Well, so a friend of mine linked me with her mom who lives in Seattle, Washington, very far from me, who had quite a few pain issues going on, and her city was entirely in lockdown. So She was my first case of working with someone's pain issues, helping them get out of pain. And I had never physically met her before. And that really showed me a lot of how well my methodologies work. And that virtual uh, was a very viable situation when it may have been at the time, it was her only option. She just didn't have a lot. And it's really great how effective that was for her. We were able to really do a lot of good for what she had going on. So,
0: that is really cool. And certainly, some of the older pickleball players may have chronic pain. Now, knock on wood, I don't really have chronic pain, but I, in, in thinking about how you work with pickleball players and some of the pros, obviously, you cannot talk specifically about their issues, but you can use me as a guinea pig, because one of the problems I always have is that even since I was in elementary school, I always had really weak ankles and I would sprain my ankle. And then I had a really serious soccer injury that kept me out about a year because I like tore every ligament in my ankle. How does that, what advice would you give to me and kind of how does that play into the training aspect?
1: Sure. Well, Lynn, I'm sorry to hear that you endured such an, a crazy injury. And soccer is kind of brutal, isn't it? So, really, when we're looking at a joint issue, especially the ankle, that's so important because our feet, first of all, are connection to the ground. And we really need to make sure that we've got good connection to the ground because when we get that energy transfer from the foot, it's going all the way up our body. So we really want to make sure that ankle is able to move well. And so that would be the first thing that I would say, I don't work outside my scope, right? So I don't diagnose or anything like that, but being someone who maybe you would be able to provide like MRI results or physical therapy results, I do work directly with doctors and physical therapists to help the continuing care for a client. And so I would look and see, particularly since you've torn those ligaments, the interesting thing is that once those ligaments are torn, they do tend to stay very lax. And so we really need to provide that ankle with a lot of stability at that point. So I would look at how much can you dorsiflex? How much can you plantar flex? Do you have normal ranges of motion like in dorsiflexion, which is pulling your toes up towards your face? You really need like 15 to 20 degrees there. And a lot of people are lacking there. So I do help a lot of people build up their dorsiflexion ranges of motion. Plantar flexion is usually not as rough, but it depends upon what people have going on. Can you invert and evert the foot properly? So you look at that and then you really look at like how can i provide and make this ankle as stable as possible because then i can start to make it as strong as possible so while every case is different of course that is at least a good starting point
0: all right well i definitely appreciate that advice and i know that each person's treatment is very specific but In general, are there certain issues that you do see a lot in pickleball players because of just how the sport is played?
1: Yeah, man, that's such a great question. I see a lot of just joint issues in general. I don't know that one sticks out to me more so than the rest. I really want to say knees stick out the most. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Ankles are a big thing, but the knee in particular, and I really like working with knee issues. I feel like I can really help somebody with you. The thing about the body is that as complex as it is, it really wants very simple things. And simple things meaning it really wants blood flow. So we talk about that. I actually have a program that I'll be providing workshops and things like that for in the future that we talk about from a toe to head experience how you can really kind of bulletproof yourself and and get your blood flow to its optimal levels provide your tissues with oxygen and nutrients that way they can ha- be at their best function they're they're not like uh, they're not screaming out for love basically. So in regards to the knee, a lot of times it it does have a lot to do with relative strength of the glute versus the quad. And so I go through that a lot of times with people, but yeah, so I do see a lot of different things, but for some reason the knee's kind of sticking out to me right now.
0: All right. So then from what it sounds like you're going to... Be offering, is there one tip that you can give pickleball players that you think would be really helpful?
1: Ooh, yeah. Okay. So when I show up at the court to play or drill or anything of that nature, I'm often one of the very few people who is doing a warm up. So taking the body through a warm up, I feel like, is so important. You really want to take some time to either foam roll, self-myofascial release is the technical name for that. You want to roll out your body a bit. You want to do any static stretches for areas that you know are really tight. Go through some dynamic stretching, which is all that is is stretching with movement. That prepares you neuromuscularly for exercise. So that just gets you ready to rumble. And I think I see... With professional athletes, they're very good about this because I think they just know their body gives them that feedback that this is important and there's money on the line. So <laughs> they're more apt to take the precautions. But just a 10 minute warm up can really provide you with a lot of injury prevention.
0: Great advice. And that's definitely something that I need to work into my routine. I'm just kind of putting in things little by little. And I'm curious because of your athletic background, your fitness training, what goals do you have in pickleball?
1: Well, I have some pretty lofty, lofty goals, Lynn. So I started about a year and a half ago at this point, and I started as a troop. I have taken quite a few lessons. I drill most of the time. And I'm very happy and proud to say that I just medaled in my very first 5-0 tournament after starting (laughs) at a much lower level. So I really, I put a lot of time into my own game. And uh, this is something that I want to do for the long haul. And I would like to someday be a pro that might look like a senior pro (laughs) situation. I'm not in any rush, but I have a saying that I've said since the beginning of this journey is that everything I do is a drop in the bucket. And so I think it's very important that I make mistakes, but that I adapt and learn how to do something that gives me good feedback, right? Do things the right way. But I think it's really important for me to make mistakes too and take the hits, take the knocks, (laughs) And that way I can keep progressing. So I'm okay with it taking a while, but I would like to be a pro player someday.
0: That is so cool. And congratulations on meddling in your first 5.0 tournament. So after talking with you today on the Pickleball Fire podcast, there may be some people in the Austin area or just who want to get together with you virtually for some fitness training, where is the best place to reach out to you?
1: Thank you for asking. And you can find me at bulletproofyourbody.com. And I can also throw my email out there. It is Leslie, and that would be L-E-S-L-I-E at gmail.com.
0: All right. Well, anything else that we should know today?
1: I think we have covered a good broad range of of aspects, don't you think?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Very much a wide variety. So I thank you for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. I really appreciate that. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.